I I feel so bored with men's current fashion today. It just feels like you guys aren't you guys aren't even trying. Like go back to wearing high-waisted jeans so I can like you. Hello, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Star and Cupid, the only radio station dedicated to the fictional love between our favorite movie and TV characters. I am your host, Zama.x, nothing more, nothing less from the east, not the west, step a hole like fence. And it is so lovely to have you back with us. I, I couldn't have had the show without you guys. I mean, technically, back with us implies that we all left. It was me. I was the problem. I know. I understand. But we are steadily making our way to the season finale. And I have braved all the elements and all the haters and all the obstacles in my way to bring you a starring Cupid first. I mean, it took me like five seasons, but finally, we are covering our first K-drama. Y'all can hear the audience excited. <laughs> now, if you don't know what K-dramas are, firstly, where have you been? <laughs> like, Korean television shows have always existed, of course. It's just that, well, I can speak on behalf of South African lovers. We as south african viewers we haven't really had access to korean shows like there was no channel that we could go to there was no site that we could like all collectively use and stuff like that we just we just had to wait and netflix came around and they started to make it accessible and beyond accessible they they made it accessible and then they gave us range like there are so many korean shows on netflix right now even not produced by them and uh, it was wonderful to watch like i watched the internet kind of be swept up in all of these different shows like it was like children suddenly having all this access to new stuff and it was great and then there was the global phenomenon and critically acclaimed squid game series that then took the world by storm and it's been it's been mad ever since i think i think i said this in the first episode of the season but i'll repeat it again south korea they've got us hooked they've got us hook line and sinker on their shows like we are so committed to anything that they will put out and rightfully so because if you're a person that likes um media stuff it is very nice to see so much effort and budget allocated to what is what is traditionally like romantic stories like this it's drama of course but it's more it's more about the romance side like the the koreans made sure like it's very romantic based stories and i've always complained that romantic movies don't feel like enough time to really explore a couple 
and their joint journey to love and the things that come in between that and all that stuff that's why we get things like montages because everyone is just trying to speed things along but visually explain how we get to the end point and i think that limited series like the one season format that lots of k-dramas follow i think that is perfect for romantic stories you don't even have to go as far as to look at korean shows to like illustrate this there's even hbo's love life that is like a person focused season specifically about the course of love in their life hence the title through that you kind of you, you notice that a season is long enough and focused enough to give us the perfect romantic story arc in the 16 hour long episodes of these shows we find enough time to fall in love with the characters as they are falling in love with each other which is best reflected in the couple that i wanted to speak about today let's take a breath <laughs> today we are taking a time machine back to 1998 to chat about the weekly released netflix show that had me and several friends on the edge of our seats i'm of course talking about the lovely Nahidu and Baki Jin from 2521. Sorry, I didn't think I would cry, but uh, what a show. What what a show. If we're talking about K-dramas that swept the globe, we have to talk about this show. It's just uh, they released episodes weekly the way the good lord intended and that gave us like a lot of time to just have lots of deliberation and chatting online in between releases a lot of time to kind of find um out what other people think how other people view it and the general consensus was that everyone loved these two we don't even really see anything vaguely romantic happen to them until like halfway through the season which is very much when you watch k-dramas you re you realize that they it's not it's a conservative idea but you don't want to see all the vivid stuff like in american shows people have sex like maybe second episode da, da, da. and then k-dramas they take it to like a, you won't see anything even vaguely pertaining to romance until like midway because they're trying to build and i i love that like despite how long it takes them to even show a, a, a sign of romance this might be the most romantic show i've watched to date i was falling in love with this pair right alongside them as if i was a part of it and it's 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 even it's more than that like it doesn't even stop there it's such a powerful story about a young woman that aspires to be a legendary athlete and all the challenges that arise in that quest there's also lovely character building with even beyond just the main people even with side characters like you watch people really 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 grow we even get um hidu and Urim's um storyline it's very i think it's a very important storyline about being a female athlete and the ex expectations that come with that the competition the standards and all that jazz <sighs> there's a lot 
that is great about this show quick shout out to my friend Sane for re recommending this show to me love her to bits I didn't plan this when I when I set out to um, do the schedule for the show. I didn't plan to release this on today, but coincidentally, it's also Sunday's birthday today. So, um, happy birthday again, Sunny Bunny. I'm probably gonna say it to you probably, but like, happy birthday, love you to bits. Thank you for this beautiful show. Yeah. So to honor my friend, to honor all the fans, and just to honor my love for anything that is made with Kim Tyree in the cast. I thought I had to cover these two. I, just, I had to talk about them. It was a very easy decision. But beyond like how they are and what they, they present to us, I think there's also a lovely lesson in here about enjoying all the romantic love that comes into your life without kind of stressing the outcome of worried, worried to death about how it will end when it will end all those things all that anxiety that afflicts us it it's a painful lesson considering how it happens and how it's taught here but it's a good lesson nonetheless so um let me not waste another moment here they are olympic gold medalist nahidu and journalist back Yijin. This show was created in 2022 by Hong Ki Sang. All 16 episodes are directed by Zhang Ji Hyun and written by Kwon Do, Do Yoon. This is maddening because I'm currently learning Korean on Duolingo and I haven't even reached the pronunciation part. So I am so sorry. I'm trying, not for just for me, but also Duolingo is probably listening to this. But yeah, um, a lovely people. What a team they've they did something really great with this show. I think this was um Jiang's fifth project directing, and Kwan's second for writing, and they knocked it out of the park. This was this is really brilliant stuff. For a long time, I thought it was based on a book because I couldn't believe that someone could just write this and it work out so well. But it's not. This is this is them. Love that. There's um, a lot of time traveling in this plot. We get to see young Hidu, teenage Hidu, and grown woman Hidu. So, you know, they chop the story to fit those three different timelines. And I think I think they handle it really well. I, I, no one's really done this before, but uh, we could tell if it was bad. But I think they did a great job because it did a lot for the progression of the plot without in the end looking messy or unput together so huge shout out to Kwan for also giving us these 3d characters with lovely growth everyone regardless of whether they were main or supporting or anything everyone feels like they progress and they move and it's hard i guess it's hard to do when you have a huge cast but they managed to do it so yeah, I would be so proud of myself if I wrote this show. It's perfect. Now, I I think of myself as um musically diverse. I I pride myself on how I listen to 
basically everything and anything that I can find appealing when it comes to music. I'm not, I don't discriminate is basically what I'm saying. So I like a lot of um, international music, even when I don't understand. Because like, I don't, I'm not going to learn every language. I'm going to try, but I'm not going <laughs> to. So yeah, I got into K-pop in high school. And then I don't know what happened. Not that I, I stopped more than, I just, I fell off. I stopped keeping up to date. And then when I tried to rejoin all the fandoms and everything, it had basically spread to the rest of the world. Like at, at the time in high school, it was kind of like this niche thing to be into Korean anything. And then by the time I tried to jump back in, it was like, a, oh, who are you if you if you don't know who BTS is? Like, you, who are you if you're not, you know, in that world? So yeah, it became overwhelming, so I couldn't really jump back in. But I still love Korean music. I think it's great, despite not being able to understand it. I think it's awesome. And this show and other shows and the K-dramas, they, 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 they have bangers. They have a lot of bangers in this show. They made sure that the music was also enjoyable. Special shout out to Ji Wong's band. Um, I can't even remember the name of the band, but I sometimes I catch myself singing that "You Are My Starlight" song. Like I can hear it vividly in my brain. Can't remember the name of the band though. You know why? It was a banger. Enough said. I wanted to send an appreciative salute to the costume department on the show. When we first meet our heroes, like I said, it is 1998. And you know, you can tell right away that we are in 1998, thanks in part to the clothing. I mean, there's also a lot to be said about how they stay true to the tech technology at the time. But the major thing here is clothing. Everyone is dressed like what I would imagine people dressed like in 98 because I wasn't there. <laughs> One of the things, that uh, makes my boy Yijin so mighty fine is the costume department just like they dressed him age appropriately and period appropriate clothing but he looks like Billy Crystal in When Harry Met Sally for those of you who haven't watched it please immediately watch it so you can understand what I see but yeah he had it all. He had uh, he had the high waist jeans, you know the ones that are snatched at the waist. Um, they tuck in his jerseys, or like he'd wear polo necks, just very um, autumn esque men's fashion, but very very slutty at the same time. You know what I mean? Because listen, when you know what men, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know what men have broad shoulders like just and then it goes from their shoulders and then their outfit kind of like draws your eyes to the waist where the jeans are where they're snatched like I said always snatched and then your eyes draw down to like the longest legs in the world in these not necessarily skinny jeans but fitted good jeans and Mm, guys, I want men to dress like sluts again. Like, you know that fashion where it's, it makes sense for the weather, but you definitely did not do this to not get stared at, you know what I mean? I I feel so bored 
with men's current fashion today it just feels like you guys aren't you guys aren't even trying like go back to wearing high-waisted jeans so i can like you i digress costume department you did a great job bless your hearts on to the cast we start off with the queen of my heart Leading us into the Y2K era, we have the brilliant Kim Tyree as Nahidu. What can I say? I, I, I love her. <laughs> I adore her so much. So much. And obviously, I say this a lot about a lot of people. And I want you guys to know that I'm never lying. If I say I love them, I love them. I love this woman. What a woman she is. Oh my goodness. She has been in big projects such as The Handmaiden, Space Sweepers, Little Forest, Mr. Sunshine, and many more. I first discovered her in Space Sweepers. I wish I'd watched Handmaiden before, but yeah. She was just there as this badass space pirate captain. And something about that spoke to me so something about that was so memorable i think about it to this day and it's lovely to have her here because she's so amazing as he do like her energy and enthusiasm and emotional range are perfect for a teenager kind of growing up becoming an adult in this competitive world all those things it she she made it work it made me forget that she's completely different from Hidu. It, they became a person in my brain. Granted, in their press um, interviews for the show, it seems like the lines blur often for her as well. And I don't know if that's commitment. I don't know if that she's just lovely, but I love her so much. Oh my God. By her side, we have the lovely newcomer, Nam Ju Hyuk as Baki Jin. I, <laughs> as you probably guessed from my costuming comment, I I can't speak about this man respectfully. I, mm, oof, I just I I think about him and I start to feel like Johnny Bravo, and I don't want to share those thoughts on live because I feel like that would be rude. So. I'll just I'll just say that he is mighty mighty fine. He is um tall as hell. My god. Uh there's a part where he's wearing like um glasses at work and the camera the camera knows what they were doing in that scene. And that's all I'll say. I just that's all I'll say. He has been in projects like Surplus Princess, Startup, The Great Battle, The Bride of Haybuck, and many more. He actually started out as a model, like, you know, if you couldn't tell from his face. Yeah, what a man. Uh, what a man. I normally don't like leading men that are like Heejin, kind, kind of like that stoic, nonchalance, quietness what's it called told i can have some that thing i i don't like it in romantic leading men because like hey hey like 
love out loud love passionately be you know but this guy Eugene Eugene is different he he has depth he has a heart he he wasn't stoic and nonchalant for no reason he was just quiet and working hard to fulfill his his life desires and all that so he wanted to be a provider you know so he had he had to kind of be stoic in a sense but he also had an emotional depth that i feel like um mr mr nam he bored it he managed to be really great at the emotional parts of it so yeah i i love this pair i love them they they give me by panic and i love them honorable mansions massive shout out to the coolest friendship group ever we've got bona as yurim lee yumyang as ji sung oh my gosh ji sung one and choi han wook as moon ji wong amazing love them this this friendship was so convincing and so enjoyable to watch like i i felt like i was having fun when they were together being just absolute fools which get which makes sense they're teenagers they're bound to be foolish i feel like that was very high school okay thunder truck yeah i feel like that was very um high school appropriate and i appreciate that they could be that city that they could be that you know free everyone jay in the supporting cast was really great um i feel like he does strained relationship with her mother is as emotive as it is because seo jahe who plays her mother she she kills it she really she does the damn thing she does her job they both are great however i loved coach yang i wow kim hi yun who plays coach yang she was my favorite person throughout the show i wow tough as nails funny as hell hot as fuck that's it she's she's my favorite plot if you have not watched this show do not delay a minute longer i turn this off and watch it right now please it's literally it's on netflix please all the episodes are out you don't even have to wait like some of us had to please you need to see it i highly highly recommend watching the show and that's all i'll say on the matter if you have watched it but some of the details are foggy since the finale it's been it's been a couple weeks i get it let me refresh your memory <clears throat> following a countrywide financial crisis two individuals must fight to survive in this new world and meet each other in the midst of all the chaos this show follows hidu as she strives for her olympic fencing dreams and ejin as he rebuilds his family what the two don't expect to tackle are the matters of the heart I was going to insert a joke about fencing here but I guess I'm not at the point where I can make fencing jokes. You get the point though. <laughs> Sorry. 
of course spoilers across the board you know how this works by now i have to talk about them to talk about them the title of this show is actually a spoiler if we're being serious because i remember when i started watching this i was like okay she's 17 i think she's 17 when it starts now she's 17 right now okay so they're gonna fall in love when she's 21 and he's 25 how sweet i thought i had something wonderful to look forward to only for that to be the day that they break up <laughs> yeah i know the show the show hurt me hmm. normally our podcast doesn't cover couples that don't work i feel like that defeats the purpose of the show i mean okay fine with the exception of romeo and juliet the other week that was different but like i said there's a lesson here about love that i thought was more important than focusing on a couple that works out in fact them not working out is a good enough reason for them to be on here because it gives us something to talk about it gives not gives us something to talk about but it gives us something to reflect on that i don't think we talk about enough especially in the rom-com space we we can't enter every relationship hoping it ends in wedding bells just because everything was going well like yes it's a green flag it's it's a good sign that there's nothing wrong but you know life life is a series of unfortunate events sometimes life can pull you away from who you really want to be with and we have to be okay with that and we have to appreciate what we had with those people and at that time in that place did knowing all of this make it easier to accept that these two won't be together not at all no in fact after the finale i was gonna go up i was going up and down the internet cursing the creators for doing such a horrible thing to me like how could you personally do this to me and then time passed and i melted a bit and i, I tried to understand them more you know like an adult and now i'm chilled now i'm now i'm actually i'm glad i'm happy we had what we had so let's look at what we got here they are hidu and Jin. i honestly have no idea where to start a bulk of this show is dedicated to our characters both main and supporting fulfilling their lifelong desires that's the that's the bulk of it we we get hidu getting her medal yurim taking care of her parents eugene brings his family back up from bankruptcy ji wong is he gets a career doing what he likes to do um and sangwan she ends up happy <laughs> still not very sure what her desires were but yeah we we focus on that and because of this the love story part isn't so cut and dry you, you kind of have to dig for it or dig past a few things for it and i like that because these two are good friends for a very long time i think the first three years of their relationship together they're just friends now now he do had recently lost out on her fencing career and at the time she was just feeling miserable and lost and 
alone in in this problem she meets um Becky Jin who is equally miserable um with arguably higher stakes you know his his family lost everything he had to drop out of college lots of things happening in his life and I think their bond forms from her promising to be the light of his life she doesn't use those exact words but she promises him that whenever they meet up or whenever they are together they should just strive to be happy because life has kind of dealt them this terrible hand and it's not a it's not a heavy request or even a heavy ask it just it involves cute little schemes or cute little pockets of joy like the tap water scene when they're at the school and they turn the taps around and turn into a fountain that that entire thing that's kind of like the basis of what the promise was he do understands how dire his situation is and she simply wants him to experience moments of light in between all the darkness that's happening and we could argue that that's kind of the basis of friendship they're not our entire source of happiness because that's unhealthy by the way that's unhealthy but friends they'll they'll try for us you know they'll they'll be there for the good and for the bad and they make sure that you can withstand the bad or survive the bad and that's what they do for each other here and it's very cute it's very lovely we get a classic case of friends to lovers but it's different yeah like first of all he do he do liked him very early on she didn't she didn't really say it out loud but she didn't have to either we could just you could clock it you could see and how she looks at him how she interacts with him all those stuff like you could see that this is bigger to her i mean you're allowed to be in the same position as her make the same promises and it all be platonically like that's it exists friends that simply just want to do this for the sake of being a friend they exist and the thing happens what wasn't platonic is how they'd be when they were together you see the difference like it gets to a point i remember yurim gets because she's already jealous of he do in the beginning she gets more jealous of her when she sees how eugene favors he do or like what the things he's willing to do for her like she could see the potential love story through the green eyes which is very funny because she didn't want Yijin like that at all but she she could just see and Yijin is no better actually um from the storyline about his family and seeing him trying to become the breadwinner for his family trying to build them back up we we come to discover that he is a man of service or serving if he loves you he'll do something to prove it the scale of what that thing is can range from very simple very small but impactful stuff to like grand huge gestures that you can clearly see like you wouldn't do this if you weren't in love with me the number of times that this man saves and or aids he do throughout her journey can't even count if he does it even before they formally know each other like that it just all those times it proves that he um 
loves her in a way that is it's a bit too much for buddies you know but they don't realize that either of them kind of realize that in the moment so we just have these two best buddies that you know enjoy each other's company and are willing to do whatever it takes to help the other in their like missions to happiness and that's cute right lovely stuff lovely to watch eventually the gears shift and he do i don't want to say confess because it means it sounds like a big declaration but she confesses that their relationship is too special to sit at friendship she's not she's not amplifying it beyond friendship more than she's saying that i care for you in a way that i don't know if this is the way friends care for each other she was oh one thing about Hidu, my queen because this was kind of like her first serious relationship she was very honest she was very open about the things that she was experiencing maybe that's just who she is maybe it's because she only really had two friends at the time that she was making the speech but she was very open and honest with him kind of like saying like hey i don't know man this feels deeper to me i don't know what it is i don't want to call it she don't want to call it romantic love and like jump out or make it weird I get her <laughs> i get her so she just calls it by a different name and insinuates that they are bigger than friends just not at the romantic angle yet well at the time she was saying it she wasn't saying it with a romantic angle yichin doesn't say much about this after she says it i think i think he he nudges her head like trying to keep that platonic energy going and i was like don't do that don't, don't do that but yeah he doesn't say much and then they meet up again right after Eugene comes to her rescue um, at the games and while they're together you know he he's staring out into the ocean they're standing over a bridge and she sees like a physical rainbow this time oh yeah because she had compared the relationship to a rainbow she sees a physical rainbow she points it out and she's like oh my god that's us I'm and I don't know what happens in him i don't know what the switch was but he turns to her and he's just like you know what screw all that rainbow metaphor shit i love you he do he said like he says it twice i think and my girl was shocked into silence and i get that that six foot two man was looking at her over a beautiful bridge just casually professing his love and not just casually professing his love he was professing it in the way that she wanted maybe maybe he didn't mean it like they should start dating because they didn't start dating after that they, there was other things that happened but he said it and he meant it in that way and that i think that was enough to just her brain stopped like i i would have melted into the cement i would just he, it it just it's a heavy declaration but it's the right declaration and it pushes what what follows because we as the audience before before they even say to each other we have plenty of evidence that this would work he do seems to be the only person that Yichin can like communicate openly with and doesn't really need anything from her so it's very easy to talk and kind of vice versa they have they they make space for each other emotionally for for all that stuff i mean she she neglects to tell him that her mother is his boss but that wasn't important at the time the matters of her personal heart 
and his personal heart they were they were openly discussed between them there's also the element of chemistry which off the charts guys off the charts side note in the show judging from the title the sh they are meant to be four years apart like now like i said he do is 21 and he's 25 he meant to be four years apart but then i only discovered after they finished the show that um kim tyree is actually four years older than nam ju hook and couldn't believe it i was like what you what you guys are actually the opposite way around and they both acted so accordingly i was fooled i was stumped honestly but i digress their chemistry their chemistry made it all so unimportant they they treated each other like equals and also just respected each other like equals and friends and you could tell you could tell that this would work out Yijin never made her feel like she was just some silly kid I mean except those times when he was just trying to make her believe he wasn't in love with her but he never he never treated her like some city kid her ambitions and her goals he never he never downplayed them the way other people had downplayed them and lastly connection i mean who who better than these two who who doing it like them you know the ability to just meet each other where they're at and not derail what they were working towards i think yeah no they loved each other there's no there's no question about how much they loved each other they loved each other so much and it becomes incredibly evident when they decide to like fuck it let's be together now but again that is another uphill battle it's another two three episodes before we actually get that and it was it was a funny progression from Eugene basically ignoring the fact that they had kissed to him bounding out in the snow to kiss her goodnight like oof. i want to talk about that scene i want to want to talk about that scene and how it changed the progression of my personal life one of the things that we've lost with modern rom-coms is simple grand acts of affection S stay with me now listen carefully they are grand displays you know big stuff flash mobs, running to the airport, de declaring your love in a train, all those stuff. Those are grand acts of love, public displays of love. Those are important for movies. I appreciate their existence. There is also a need for simple grand acts too. I know saying simple and grand in one word sentence is contradictory, but keep stay with me grand acts like running out of your house to scoop someone in your arms and kiss their socks off that kind of thing is also important you know love happens in the big and it happens in the small like you you need both of them for everything to be believable like um in this other k drama that i like called something in the rain we see a lot of simple grand acts like the sharing of the umbrella not being able to say goodbye when they're in the lobby 
hiding in closets so your big sister doesn't find out about us all those simple little grand acts are important it's the it's the little things and it does take this simple grand act for both parties to kind of give in to the idea of being together then we finally see it the the love part the hand holding the impromptu dates the love hijinks that we've been waiting for we we get all of that we get our happy ending and you you you're enjoying it mm -hmm. and you ask yourself what's wrong with these two you know like what could possibly ruin something so pure and good and just you ask these, yourself these questions and then life unfortunately intervenes Yijin leaves for New York indefinitely um, to report on 9-11 and the situation happening at the time and I just I hated that because like once again journalism is taking something away from Hidu's life and you just you have to watch as this hap as this unfolds our faves do all of the right things in terms of like long distance relationships they they try to align their schedules to stay in contact like so people are still awake at the time um, they plan trips they plan and they plot all of this without any social media because again it is 2001 they worked really hard to keep this going and then suddenly trying isn't enough there was no big fallout there was no infidelity there was no big misunderstanding that couldn't be like none of that happened it's just that their love wasn't feasible anymore like it was getting too difficult on both sides and there's nothing they could do there's nothing they could do i mean yes eugene does pull away emotionally and i hate that he does that but there's nothing they could do they both reached this the same conclusion that like oh well there's nothing that can be done here and it hurts you know it really does because um you understand you completely understand where they're both coming from yijin would never want to stand between hidu and her fencing career hidu would never want to stand between yijin and his journalist career they they didn't want to be those people they've watched each other grow into this role and grow into this um, position and they're not about to be the person that ruins all of that just because they want to hold on so we have to watch them break up it's it seems like the only way and it was the hardest fictional breakup that i have ever been a part of and before you say a part of yes i was a part of it one of the wonderful things about Hidu's future daughter experiencing the story at the same time that we do is that it made it feel like someone in the plot was going through exactly what we're going through. Like she is reading up on this, she's watching the video clips and she's like, oh my god mom, how did this, like she's going through the motions with us. There's a part near the very end, because um, at some point the diary stops and she doesn't know it, whether or not they broke up or not. And she finds like this video clip 
of um, her mom and what who I think is her potential father. I don't know what the streets are saying. I have a theory. Yijin's the daddy, but you know what? I, I digress. She's watching them talk during this TV interview and she starts crying. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe. Because she knows what we know. That's, it's so, it was so relatable to watch someone go through it because it does hurt when good love dies too soon. I mean, it might happen, but it hurts. It doesn't make it easier to accept it just because you know that it might happen. We, as the participants of love, we should recognize when it's time to let go of a good thing. The same way that we have to recognize when it's time to let go of a bad thing. Admit, it, it hurts because there's, there's no bad reason why they should end. But you have to acknowledge that it can't go on. And yeah, we don't, we we don't know what would have happened also for these two, like in the in the future, not even distant future, just in the future. Like chances are that it may have gotten worse if they had stayed together. So because of things like that, I'd rather see them prematurely end with happiness than a delayed exit with resentment. You know what I mean? It's it's things like this. The, the reason why I'm not angry anymore. I found peace. He do and Yijin found each other right when they needed each other and that's fine. My only gripe, my literal only issue that I have here is that why didn't this rule apply to Yurim and Jiwong? Hmm? Like, yes. I love those two. I love their relationship. I think it was an adorable progression and it was very sweet. And Ji <sighs> Wong actually has the cutest proposal that I've ever seen. I am not a hater. I love Yurim and Ji Wong. But oh my god, they had similar challenges to our mains. Like why how how come they could overcome it all? Yurim hmm? moved to Russia. Russia. Proximity wise fine. It's better, but it's still a completely different country. It's a, a whole different setting. It's all the problems That Eugene was facing So if they could make it work, what was impossible with he doing Eugene? Hmm? I just I need someone to explain to me very slowly and very nicely why it couldn't work Again, like I said, I am happy with all that ha with all that's happened. This is just my only issue but back to the show, no more grudges. Um, it's likes and dislikes time. Dun dun. I'm gonna start right off the bat with likes and say I loved how this was a sports drama. I watched a lot of movies or series that are based around a sport. Normally they can't really honor the fictional characters or the sport at the same time. It's, it's like one must fall if you do the other you know what i mean like characters will become kind of just these 2d things and then the main character will become basketball or vice versa and i hate that but in this show i think they told that line i think they found that balance and they kept it right there i was here for love 
but I learned so much about the world of professional fencing. Um, last year during the Olympics, the Try Guys channel over there in America, my faves, they did work with the Olympics organization to inform people about the different Olympic sports available and they were speaking to athletes and getting all that information, getting first-hand experiences participating in these sports and one of them was fencing. In that video I learned about the basic history of the sport and like the rules and what is required of athletes and how you win and all that stuff. That painted I would say a vague picture of the sport. However, this series kind of illustrates the rise or like what it takes to be a good fencer. We see Hidu's come up, her training requirements, the drama that comes with being the world's greatest, like every aspect of being an athlete in that specific sport, I feel like we got. And I appreciate also that it was fencing because it's a new thing. It's for, for me at least, it's a new thing. I'd never really thought about fencing athletes having drama like this until this show. And yeah, I I really like that it got that attention and that detail. It also felt like every match carried a weight or, or added to the drama of the story. And I, yeah, I, I applaud them. I also applaud them for working so hard to make it so believable. During cast interviews, both Kim, Tyree, and Bona um, admitted that they were really committed to making the fencing look believable. Like they would train really hard, um, sometimes to a fault. And they want, because they wanted to honor the sport. They didn't want to look like a bunch of actresses pretending to be fencers, you know what I mean? So shout out to them and to their stunt coordinators and their fencing coaches. Y'all did good. I was invested. I really liked how they shot it. Um, most episodes start with Hidu's daughter, you know, going through her mom's diary and then they have this cool thing where they kind of shift everything into the time period that she's reading or like they'll, if she's in her mom's room reading the diary, we'll just shift back to what her mom's room looked like in 1998 and it kind of just, it's a seamless thing. It makes it feel like we are reading the diary along with her or like we're watching or, or watching, we're reading a webtoon. It's, yeah, I, I really like that. They also, the theatrics, like the very dramatic Hidu scenes, they do them very beautifully. They shoot them very beautifully and they made sure that the show was visually delicious on top of everything and love that, appreciate that, like that. I liked the mother-daughter theme across the show with our, with our main and her mom. Once again, hashtag mommy issues are real <laughs> and yeah Hidu and Jaekyung are not they're not a new concept this isn't this dynamic isn't even new like I I know a bunch of people that have probably experienced this like a lot of women have complicated relationships with their mothers for seemingly being indifferent parents like Jaekyung was just not good at being open with her daughter a lot of their misunderstandings could have easily been discussed and fixed and like dealt with but it didn't work out there 
she just she didn't work like that that wasn't her style of parenting which is very funny but despite he do not liking her she tries her best to help her daughter where she can in little ways some ways that she doesn't that he doesn't even see and i feel like she does it indirectly because announcing it would prompt discussion and she unfortunately never had time to talk so it's i like this because some relations some relationships are really like theirs and i'm glad that it got this proper airtime and even like it got sympathy it felt like they cared to build her up or, or not paint her as the ultimate villain they make us understand and that's great i just i wanted her to seem less smug though like you're still not a good mom and you're trying but don't don't be proud of the little things that you're doing on to dislikes i didn't like what they did with Xiang Wang. i feel like i've been saying her name differently every time it comes up but yes i don't like what they did with her if the show is guilty of anything they're guilty of dropping this lady right when things were looking up for her I understand the significance of her leaving school after standing up for Ji Wong. Beautiful, lovely. It was a heavy message about schools using gifted kids or like the gifted students to try and, and justify school bullshit that shouldn't be around. And I'm glad she stood up to them. I'm glad it was felt and it was given time. I'm mad that she kind of got lost in the season after that. She went from being, I mean, okay, a successful gifted kid at school, fine. She was also a successful radio pirate um, that was doing great work to just, you know, working on reality TV show sets and seemingly being unhappy with where her life ended up. And I didn't like that for her. I, I didn't expect her to be the Mark Zuckerberg dropout of South Korea. But damn something would have been better than what she ended up with you know what i mean it feels like the only reward she gets is to date Ejen's little brother and sorry to baby boy but he wasn't a prize like that like he wasn't she wasn't even gunning for him seriously so it feels like a half-hearted prize at best we barely knew him you know it's just ugh justice for my queen please something someone give her something i also didn't like how often he does mom got away with actually being a bad person which feels like it's a contradiction to what i was saying earlier but yeah not only in her mothering in her mothering what she did to coach yang was cold as hell we're scared because they were friends before she broke the story and like she would try and justify herself but i could not understand why she did that i couldn't understand why you'd hurt a friend like that what i can understand is that it is probably very difficult to be a woman in any kind of field any professional field during the 90s and 80s where people thought you don't belong it's probably it was probably hell in there and i get that she had to climb the corporate ladder or whatever the fuck but to sell out your own friend with information that you didn't verify by her 
to just go on television and like repeat all the hate comments that your daughter is receiving i just <sighs> nah man she made herself helpless to the cause like she made it seem like she had no other choice but she had many choices often so yeah i don't like i don't like g kyung j kyung she's she's a villain to me honestly this dislike has less to do with the production of the show and more to do with i guess the internet or the globe i don't know i dislike how western sites haven't updated details from popular korean shows like this when i research for starring cupid episodes i try to use sites that are kind of like official and dedicated to the type of stuff that i'm looking for so if i'm looking at pro production details cost details and stuff like that i'll namely use well imdb or if they don't have it i'll search other other places but someone has this information google google bring me to that information i think it's like basic entry level information as well like i'm not i'm not looking for anything hardcore just you give me your cast list give me creators you know silly things like that and it's wild that that basic entry-level information for korean shows is not really available on american sites it's that problem that i face when i want to talk about south african projects but i kind of not that i understand i'm equally annoyed but with south african projects i'm like oh well we we're not really employing anyone to update these details or like um, put this in or, or publicize these this information because the arts are regularly ignored or sidelined in this country it feels like a us problem more than a them problem for us it's not right but i know it's, it's how it happens south korea though has been a dominant player in the internet entertainment industry for quite some time years and years even before their their shows were accessible to us as South Africans, they've been holding it down, you know. The phenomenon didn't start with Parasite winning an Oscar. They have been on our screens. So I'd like to believe Western media has caught up, you know, or like has tried to 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 make them accessible to us in that way. So tell me why. Why or why in big 2022? There was nothing about this show on IMDb. Barely anything, really. A Netflix series with a massive international following doesn't tell you who created what I'm watching. Even, not even, it doesn't only um, apply to this show. Even let's take Business of Proposal that came out this year and was equally huge. Potentially the biggest release of this year in terms of K-dramas. It has minimal information on their page. Minimal, minimal, minimal. They can't even agree on the spelling of characters or even cast members. So I just, ugh, it's so annoying because surely someone knows, someone has to know. So why is no one updating it? And even if, okay, fine, no one knows. Isn't it your job to search it up? Isn't it your job to find it out? You shouldn't be allowed to call yourself a hub for like movies and television credits if you don't do it for everybody. You know, it's just like, in the words of Usif, I'm bored, girl, bored, bored, Deja, bored, yo, no, Bugatti, I'm tired.
show i cannot tell you how often i tried to record this episode and the misfortunes of life would happen i mean i'm even getting tired of telling y'all that i have technical issues or difficulties or i have to i'm so tired of hardship i am one more tragedy away from giving it all up but i would not give up on this show though i one thing about all the the technical difficulties and tragedies has reminded me is i definitely need this show not for y'all not for i'm not even getting money from this so it's just i need this for me i will always fight for this show because i personally need this i i need this outlet more than i need listeners you know i mean i appreciate you lovers please don't don't leave me i'm just saying that i love i love this place i need this place and we're still gonna have hardships but we're still getting good so we're gonna push through we we are going to fight every battle along the way and one of those battles is today's who's your fave battle k-drama edition in this corner we have shin hari and kang taimu from business proposal versus yun jia and sion junhee from nothing oh nothing in the rain <laughs> something in the rain love these couples love these shows they are both so adorable they both had me hooked obsessed in fact all three of these shows that i've talked about today i could re-watch them in a heartbeat like you don't even have to tell me twice so as you can imagine i am torn i am super 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 biased to this week that is why i have to hand over the power to you lovers you have a choice to make please vote for your favorite couple on our twitter poll at starring cupid or our temporary instagram poll at zomatishes let us know who shall reign supreme for another week that's all from me lovers um thank you for joining us as you always do nothing nothing makes me happier than having you here and sharing with you all like i said this is great this is this is this is the life <laughs> do not fear sharing with us from time to time you know dm us or at us or just mention us on twitter at starring cupid where you can find us on tumblr on Instagram. just talk to us we would love to hear your views on our subjects maybe you have other k dramas you'd like this show to cover do that tell us about them do not be afraid of talking to us i promise to be so nice i'm so nice all the time please shout out to all the lovers in the lgbtqi plus community it is pride month and i am rocking with the lgbtq love y'all love i love every single one of you even if i don't know you i need you to know that queer people have my heart love y'all to bits happy pride month um please be merry be safe my babies and baddies don't let don't let anyone try and hate on us this month like on don't again 
happy birthday sunny bunny love you so much um what else oh yeah shout out guys to my big sister for helping me with my technical difficulties if you love starring cupid if you love the show send your thanks to nasibi because we you would be getting nothing were it not for her Oof, i feel like i'm starting to sound like a radio host with all these shout outs to me wrap it up please stay tuned to our twitter feed um for more information on episode nine i'm i'm not promising anything i'm not i'm not even going to touch the word promise i'm going to try and finish off the season before next week ends so will you get an advanced episode nine who knows you simply have to stay tuned and cross your fingers until then it's been good it's been grand um punch a homophobe when you get the chance i adore you all one by one all that i am bye